All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Noble with Noble. This is episode 23, uh, the Michael Jordan episode. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited. I think every episode just like gets better and better. And, uh, you know, if you're liking it, you can watch, like us, subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. Um, and today we have Rochelle Levy on the podcast. Rochelle, welcome. Thanks. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, sorry if you're listening, we do have a special guest. Her, we do. Her uh, puppy, Ollie. We have Ollie the Havanese, who is here along he's for the interview. <laughs> waving if you're watching. He's, but, yeah, uh, he's waving if you're watching. He's far more uh, exciting than me, I think. He also has more followers than both you and I combined, I think. So How, how many followers We have a lot to have? learn from him. Um, he's got close to 6,000. 6,000? Yeah, well, yeah. listen, he's adorable, so I'm, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, he comes with me on a lot of my showings. My clients absolutely love him. He actually... Um, like he's, he's like a therapy dog. He's a really chill little dude and he gives a lot of calmness and situations that are otherwise not. And so, so basically what you're saying is I need to get a dog you so can. that sure. I have like better client care and maybe get some more followers on uh, <laughs> social media, Instagram, whatever. So. Yeah, actually he doesn't promote me on his page. I keep his page kind of strictly dog, but, uh. Well, it's yeah. his page, so he can do what he wants. So he's, know? yeah, he, and he actually has his own, like, tone of manner, like the way I write for him on really? his page. Yeah, That's he's, so he's kind of cranky and funny and moody. And so, yeah. That's great. He's the so, best yeah, so I guess, um, tell us a little bit about yourself because you're new into residential real estate. You were in commercial real estate before. Yeah, I'm not then... really new into. I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider myself so new anymore. So what's tell? Tell yeah, us your story. So tell us where, where you started. I off. started off in marketing and advertising since the dawn of time. Since I, you know, graduated um, from university, and um, you know, owned a very successful advertising agency. Uh, was vice president of that for. 18 years. Um, and then um, sort of some personal shifts in my life occurred. And I wanted a professional change. And I was always interested in real estate. I was always like a, a realtor, you know, junkie on the app and looking at all the listings and really having a, uh, you know, um, you what are you licking here, sir? Um, you know, having a, a real passion for real estate and for being able to help people in that capacity. And um, and I had you know kind of a personal uh, situation where I I was working with a realtor that was selling my home, and um, and it was it was a really unpleasant experience. And so it was actually. I always say you know when something bad happens, you got to try and extrapolate the good from it, right? And so. The good that ended up coming from that was that was the catalyst going, hang on. Like, I've literally honed my skills my whole life in terms of client management and delivering and marketing and everything else. Like, this is what I should be doing. Like, I almost felt like I was, like, rocky. And I was, like, I've been training my whole life for this moment. And you I'm didn't like, even do any real estate stuff. Like, it was no, just right. marketing. Yeah, exactly. You know what? But, I mean, I, I represented... Um, you know, Canada Dry and Mattel. Like I basically, we won Mattel when we first started the agency. And it's actually a great story because we were, you know, one of 10 agencies went, that went in there and we were fresh, brand new. Um, and and we won. And I had this feeling in my heart. Like I always seem to know, I always seem to know that for me, I'm I'm a very unstoppable personality, right? For me, if I have a, if I have a choice of thinking that I can or I can't, it's always that I can, right? Um, so I knew we were going to win Mattel. I, for me, that I had no 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 um, doubts in your no mind. doubt, literally no doubt. Like, why would I have a doubt, right? Like, I mean, if I have a doubt, they shouldn't be hiring. Me, exactly, and, and right? if you go in with that attitude, like, right. okay, like there are yeah. there ten other people, like we don't really have a chance, right? Like, I don't live my life unapologetically, yeah. right? Like me or not, essentially, sort of where I've kind of 
um, ironed out where I am in my life right now, right? I always say you can't please everyone. You're not pizza, right? And even pizza doesn't please everybody anymore, right? People can't have gluten. They can't have cheese. They can't, right? So, I mean, there's really no one that's going to please everybody. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I live very unapologetically now. And so I, I have a very all-in attitude. You know what I mean? So we actually found out that we won that. Um, and the cutoff time was like five o'clock where they were going to be calling and telling the agencies. And it was already 5.30 and we didn't hear. So, you know, it was like, well, we didn't win. Like they didn't even have the, you know, respect to even call us back. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, it's best for last. It's best for last. It's such a small industry that there's no way they had to tell the other people before they called. I knew it. I felt it. I knew it. 5.45, the phone rang. They said it's yours. Wow. Yeah. So, and I was able to grow that from being brought in as like a turnkey agency, just kind of managing Lift and Land Creative from US and things like that to growing it to working on every single one of their brands and even winning awards. Like I won full awards for Mattel um, for my, my girl's rule campaign and things like that. So, and I still talk to my clients that I had then. They become friends now. Some are clients even on real estate now. So there's been a really beautiful transition for me professionally and corporately that that inherent trust has always been there. Like I've managed, you know, millions of dollars, you know, book of business for somebody. Why the heck wouldn't they trust me to sell their home, right? right? Yeah. Like the trust is there. And when my clients would leave and go to other companies, they took me with them because they were like, we will work with, with Rochelle and only with Rochelle. She makes us look good, you know, and that's my job, right? To come up with the ideas and keep things on budget and on timing and on brand. Um, and so that was also how I was able to grow my business. And I think it's funny, if you look at the real estate business, that's how I've been able to grow my real estate business for the same reason, referrals, right? It's about it's trust. All referrals, it's yeah. about referrals. It's about, you know, never being cocky or too comfortable, always treating every deal like it could potentially be your last. I know that sounds really negative, but it's the truth, right? I think it's that, that headspace of trying to make sure that Whatever you could do, you could probably still do more. No matter if it's a small lease, it's still not small to that person, right? It's still where they're going to put their head at night and call home. Um, whether it's a corporate deal, whether it's buying a full building, or whether it's renting out a space in a building for somebody's business, whether it's a condo, whether it's a townhouse, a home, or a $10 million, $10 million mansion, it doesn't matter. It's still that person and where they're going to either call home or their place of work, and they're trusting you to get that done. Yeah, because I, I have the same mentality. Like, even going into this business, you know, yeah. even... Like from the first day, you know, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You know, you treat everyone yeah. the exact same. Like someone who's doing that right. $2,000 lease a month yeah. is, you know, could be a potential buyer in the future. Yeah. And if you, if they see, if they see through you, say, hey, you know, they're, they're treating me just like whatever, like they're only going to make right. a little bit of money off of me. Like right. that's not the attitude. You have to go in of course. treating them the exact same as a $10 million buyer well, because- exactly. You know, it, right. it doesn't matter. And, and you never know where they're going to be in, you know, 5, 10, 15 years. They could be that $10 million buyer. And if you don't leave a good first impression, yeah. they're not going to come back to you. It's not even where they're going to be, truthfully, because even if they're exactly where they are and, you know, they're they're good to you and you're good to them and they need a new rental, you still help them, right? doesn't mean they're better or worse in terms of how they're going to be in your standing within your, your business, right? It's still a person that you've gotten to know and that you're there to help. You also don't know who they know who they're going to refer you to, right? So there's always that. And, you know, I think I think if you have that attitude, I think it's probably not as common as you might think. I think a lot of people, when I got into the industry, a lot of people said, like, fuck the small guys, go whale hunting. You know what? It's the same amount of work. And I had a lot of people say, say that to me. Same amount of work. Don't put all your time and energy into the small shit. Just focus on the big shit. But the problem with that is that it's harder to get the big shit, right? The big shit they want to give to a name or, oh, bye. 
we're boring. This is a, we're going to have to step up the conversation. <laughs> um, bye, Ollie. You jumped off. You're done. Okay. Um, so, you know, and I, and I do feel like I don't treat people with that level like that. Right. And so, um, I think there's definitely something to be said for having a larger book of business too, where you represent all ends of the spectrum. And I also looked at every single opportunity that was given to me as like a lesson that I didn't necessarily sign up for or pay for, because there were things that would happen in every single deal that I would learn from that I now know I'll be able to like extrapolate and take and keep with me and apply on deals going forward for the rest of my life. Yeah. Right. So um, which is another thing. I mean, I think some people get their license and they think, oh, this is a short term gig for me. or I'm doing it on the side or I'm going to, you know, do something else or I'm just going to help my friends and just do it. You know, for me, it was never with that mindset. It was that um, I'm doing this not for a good time, but for a long time. Yeah, because well, you left an entire marketing agency. I did. And just. Yes. Yeah. You know, left hard. it aside yeah. and said, listen, yeah, this is what I'm going to be doing for right. the future. Like I'm in real estate now. Yeah. Which is a crazy transition because <laughs> a lot of people who switch to real estate, you know, are unhappy with their jobs, yes. are, have like fell out of love with whatever their career yeah. was before, yeah. or they had something happen where, you know, like, right. hey, I need a change. Whereas right. you seem like you were doing well, successful, and then you're like, hey, you I, know, I, I could have something that I could have taken the easy route. And, you know, I have a million headhunters that call me. No, that makes me sound so cocky. That's not true. 100,000 headhunters that call me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I but don't I have mean, a few. I only have whatever. Like I'm just saying, like headhunters call all the time, right? They see your profile on LinkedIn. They know who I am. I've been in the industry for a long time. And, you know, I did have a lot of opportunities to join other agencies. Um, I also had the opportunity to start my own again if I wanted to. Um, and to be honest with you, I just needed a complete professional refresh. And... The funny thing is that um, I do think that advertising, um, shoot me, you know, if anybody else disagrees with this, as I said, I live on unapologetically. So there's definitely something to be said for ageism in that industry. And so, you know, I happen to feel that when you are older in advertising, right, your brand managers that you're dealing with, they're all in their 20s and whatnot, it becomes a point where like, they'd be talking about clubs they were at on the weekend or about a boyfriend that pissed them off. And I'd be like, okay, I gotta leave, I gotta go pick up carpool. They're like, you have kids? Ew, you know what I mean? Like, so you kind of become this like old lady in the game when you don't feel like that, but you know, you can kind of get aged out. Like, does she even know what's hip? Does she even know what's, what's right? You know, it's her terminology off. Like you're always trying to constantly stay super young and hip and, you know, and, and relevant. Not that you don't try and do that in real estate, but I feel like the older you get in real estate, if anything, people don't discount for you for that. If anything, you're like, wow, this girl is like fucking life skills and she's seen a lot of shit and I know she'll have my back and she's been in the business world and she, you know, gets it. Right. And so I think when there's a, you know, a, a realtor, on the older end of the spectrum versus like a new realtor, I don't think they're at a disadvantage. Yeah. And even from like when I was in design, I found the same thing. Like going into an agency, I'm young, I, you know, fresh out of school. I don't, I know I didn't know much about the industry, but I have these fresh ideas, concepts, trending things, things that are, you know, could help out the business. And speaking to someone who's more old fashioned and, and, you know, works the way that they like to work, it's really hard to go in there as someone who's like new mm-hmm. and make an impact in a company. And I'm sure right. you sort of felt the same, but I, you're, I feel like you're, you're young enough so that you have the, the young mentality of, yeah. you know, you know what's trending, you know what's, you know, like you have followers on Instagram, you're posting on there, like you, yeah. you have that social media presence that gives you an understanding of what's going on in the world. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, some other places that I had worked at, 
you know, I, I try and give a suggestion like, hey, this is what I think can make our company more efficient. Right. And they're like, you're too young. Like, you don't yeah, know what you're like, talking no, about. Like, this is the way that we run it. Right. And that's it. It could be. But I mean, some of the suggestions that we had from younger staff, um, some of the older staff would mock them, right? Like we did ask them what they wanted. And the feedback was like, you know, we want someone to walk around and remind us to drink water because we're not hydrated enough. You know, we want help with the local gym. We don't want you to buy us a gym membership. We just want help with it because we want to. We don't want to just take it. That would just be, we want to be able to have the pride of being able to do it. We just want you to negotiate a discount for us. You know, we want more plants in the office. And so, and but we don't want to have the pressure of taking care of it or them dying. So we want you to hire a professional service that will come and water the plants, right? right? These are things I never on my own would ever suggest, think of, or expect from my boss, right? So it is important to, to go to the younger employees and staff and find out what's important to them and to be open to that, right? So, you know, someone could have been like, fuck you, like, we're not spending money on plants and set your own timer for your water if you're hydrated or not, it's not my business, right? But if those are things that matter to your staff, I think that that's important, that the people need to take that into consideration, right? Just like when you're dealing with your clients, right? I mean, there's certain things on their wish list that you might think are silly, but they're really important to them. So you make it really important to you. You have to, mm-hmm. right? So, and every time somebody calls you, client-wise, whether it's in real estate, advertising, really anywhere, I always have the mindset that, like, I feel honored that they're calling me because I know that not only could they call a hundred other people that are like me, <laughs> you know, um, they also have another hundred of me also calling them, pursuing them, right? Yeah. So I never, ever, ever took for granted um, any client relationship that I have, any client care, any client management at all, ever, ever, ever. And as a matter of fact, like some of my staff, if we had clients who were challenging, which happens, of course, you know, they'd answer the phone like with their eyes rolling and, and I'd be like, no. Never, never, ever, ever do that. Well, but it's on the phone. They can't see, but they can feel. They can tell, yeah. They can sense and they can feel, right? And until you're a true business owner and you know what it takes to keep the lights on and to really, you know, make sure everybody's paid and have that added pressure, you know, um, you're not so cavalier. So do you think that that helped you? Yes. Like moving into real estate, (laughs) that that, that you set yourself at a level of expectation of like this is, this is, you hold yourself to that higher standard always but when you start it's it's i feel like it's difficult to get into real estate i don't know how easy it was for you because you had all this uh you know experience and connections and that's such a good segue so when i was deciding between residential and commercial i i didn't really know the variances too much but in my mind and what i had you know learned in school and from talking to people i thought given that i've been in business my whole life i'm an extremely professional pragmatic person I thought that going into commercial real estate would be the smarter option. I thought that it would kind of set me apart. I felt that residential was just such a rat race and doggy dog. And I felt just a very, um, you know, like vultures, just everybody trying to like get everybody's clients. And, you know, and then I thought the idea of dealing with, you know, clients who, you know, are complaining of a kitchen tile, like, you know, stick a fork in my eye. Like I didn't think I'd be able to stomach that, you know? And also I felt that because I'm such a sensitive person, I felt that if somebody personally didn't use me uh, in my circle or friends or family or something, or if somebody that I knew kind of slighted me, I thought I wouldn't be able to recover from that. I thought I'd be too sensitive and I would take it too much to heart. Um, So I thought I'm going to just stick it to being in commercial. commercial yeah because commercial it's it's know. pragmatic it's logical it's dealing with businesses that i've been all i've been doing my whole life you know like you know and and the emotions should be out of it um and then i'm working in an actual um brokerage that's got you know like desks and people and i'm not you know with the option of being from home or not from home and it's 
I don't know, it's Monday to Friday. I won't be at, you know, writing offers at midnight. It just sort of seemed like a better type of a situation. Yeah, the, the structure is yeah is very similar to a normal nine to five job, which it is. Ugh. And you're still sort of doing, like you're doing real estate, but you're yeah. not. Right. Yeah, like you're saying, it's not as crazy as right. doing stuff on the so weekend. So I just thought that would and, be a great fit. Yeah. And why not? And I know businesses and being able to help a business, like even just you and I before we started the podcast, like it's just in my nature to just try and spit out a thousand ways when I meet someone of how they can grow their business, make money and make things better. I love doing it. It's just in my nature. It's who I am. So I thought this would be perfect for me. So I went on the journey of basically applying to all of the main commercial brokerages and I was slammed down left, right and center. People had a really hard time with me. They didn't know where to place me, right? So they were kind of like, and I even, it's funny, I even, I won't name any names, it doesn't matter, but I was told, why now? Like, why at this age? Why not just stay in advertising? Why would you want to make this change now? Like, you know, I think there was this, this perception that you have a lady coming at you with all this professional experience, she's not going to be moldable. She's not going to be shapeable. She's not going to conform. She's going to be difficult to manage. All those things may be true about me. <laughs> Maybe they weren't wrong. But the experience and the depth and breadth of my knowledge of the corporate world and what clients want and service and management and professionalism to me, I felt set me apart from a candidate that was like, you know, fresh out of high school or something else that was moldable, right? So what, what's the difference between going into commercial and residential when applying to a broker. Oh, it's drastically different. Drastically different. And as a matter of fact, at that time, so this was in 2019 when I got my license, um, they were le letting go a lot of commercial brokers. So for them to take me on when they're letting go, you know, people that have been there for a long time, it was, you know, it was a tricky time to get into it. Um, but you have to go, you have to interview, you sit there in the waiting room, they call you in, they look at your resume, they talk to you, you know, they have to see if there's a team that needs your help, right? There's, it's, when you're starting off in commercial, it's not like residential where you can just like slide under someone's wing and just go and, and learn and do it. You have to really have a, a team that's willing to support you and to do that. And so um, when, you know, you look at all those factors that I was saying about me, I think when a lot of teams just looked at me on paper, even though the interview process went amazing, they were kind of like, yeah, but if we had like a 20-year-old guy come on in, you know, with no kids, no responsibilities, whatever, it's just an easier fit. Like one of the presidents said to me, why don't you just like stay home and do yoga and bake cookies? Like this is your time now in your life to relax. Like what are you even thinking of even embarking on this? This is a really hard business. This is going to be gut-wrenching. This is going to tear you apart. This is just not what you should be doing at this stage in your life. And I was like, respectfully, who the fuck are you to tell me that? Yeah, honestly. And like you said before, you have to treat everybody with respect. Like, he was nice, like you but said, his delivery of his information was eye. not yeah. nice. And it was not respected and it was not appreciated. And... And so eventually I ended up um, going to the brokerage where the guy was like, all right. And he had actually got us our business space at the agency. And he was like, all right, fine. Come on in. We'll find a spot for you. And I was like, okay. But I got a really nice corner desk and they were all very nice to me. It was fine. They, they gave me an account of a client who, um, you know, they were kind of like, he's Jewish, she's Jewish. Let's put them together. Like it's a, it was a very interesting kind of a dynamic. And um, and actually the funny thing is that that, that building that they put me on as my account to assist and manage, right? Um, I've now been awarded the entire building to myself. That's crazy. 
So, and I'm actually, the sign has just got printed and I'm putting it up on, on the building uh, this week. Oh, really? So the building that I was basically brought in to, you know, help out on and to learn on is now my name is the only name on the outside and, and I represent every lease that's going on in the building. That's amazing. So there's no boring days in real estate. I, if yeah. you go, all my clients know, whenever you go on showings with me, I think I say that every single showing because something crazy always happens. Always. I was at a showing with a, with a client and actually she was someone that I worked with in the advertising world adore her um we literally went to go open the door and the doorknob fell off in my hand like in my hand and we're like how the fuck does this happen like the craziest shit has happened to me like I, like yeah I was, tell, tell me your craziest story yeah so I, like the day that you and i were chatting about the podcast i'm like hey Ryan, i have to get back to you on this i'm with a client and i just walked into the house and there is a guy naked sleeping in the bed should not be there should not have had access to this property and snoring and i was like sir Hello, sir. Wake up. And the guy was not moving. And the client screamed and ran out. Okay. Uh, it was crazy. Like I, there's just been the craziest things that's ha that have happened to me. You know, I've had situations where, uh, like, this is all residential, by the way, commercial, really crazy things don't happen. Commercial. Oh, wait, should we wrap up the commercial piece? It's more, we, we can wrap up. the. Yeah, let's just finish that. Because otherwise, Kay. with my ADD, we're going to just be like all over the place. So join that brokerage. Okay. Are you laughing? <laughs> Sorry, it's true. Joined that brokerage. That was December 2019 when I joined. Remember, COVID started March 13, March 2020. Yeah. So to join commercial and specializing in in um, retail and office at the start of COVID, worst fucking move could ever. Like you literally couldn't pick an axis of like perfect storm of do not enter and do not enter. Right. Yeah. So it was really bad. Really and bad. even now, it's it's slowly starting to come back, but there are a lot of people who are giving up their office it space. It was just and bad. And truthfully, I wasn't challenged. I wasn't motivated. There wasn't this camaraderie that I thought it was. The pragmatic headspace and logicalness of dealing with um, professional clients in a corporate capacity was actually not at all what I thought it was going to be. They're actually highly emotional, highly defensive, highly protective. Um, you know, there's things where I'm trying to negotiate, you know, net rent and we're talking about a variance of a dollar per square foot right if you do like the math and you amortize that over the cost of your lease the cost of their term you're talking about like peanuts right they think they're being like personally victimized by the landlord or by whomever right and they take it out on on the realtor right and it's like this is the art of negotiation they want this you want this we're going to make it we're going to find something that's a solution for the both of us right but they they're like, don't they know who I am? Don't they know that me being in their place is going to be, you know, it's going to bring them business. They should be honored to have me. There was this whole added level of complexity to commercial that I never expected to happen. It was crazy, right? Like to the point, like, even on a commercial deal that I was working on now, I'm in the negotiations with and I called the guy and he answers like this, what's up? And I'm like, Kate, you're not my bra. Like, <laughs> I know, yeah, you're, you're, just I like, know you're, you're mad at me, but it's not about me, right? Yeah. The client is asking for this. It's a dollar more. If you can't come up, I have four other offers that are coming up $2 more. Like, at the end of the day, it's business, right? So, but there is the emotional play that I really wasn't expecting. It's it's interesting. Yeah, so it was because, good well, learning for me. Because commercial deals could take months to, right. to go yeah, through. Yeah, you and I were chatting about that when yeah. I popped into the office and we were chatting about that, right? So some can go on at nauseum. And honestly, when you look at what you make as the realtor from that perspective, it's probably not even worth your time. You know, I know we just finished saying everything is worth our time, but some things you do have to manage properly, right? Um, and I think that, oh, I mean, so, like literally four million thoughts just came into my head at once. I think that um, it's it's a fine line between 
Um, actually, I'm going to talk about something completely different just really quickly. Um, this is one of the things I was thinking about in the car yesterday that I wanted to mention. I wanted to talk about how um, people will treat you as you allow them to treat you. And and I think that when you first start off in real estate, you're so hungry and eager and motivated that you'll honestly take abuse from people. And I would say it's abuse that I did receive some from some clients because you're like, this is what it takes. I'm a warrior. I got my stripes on. I'm going to take it. I'm going to do it. You know, and I got it and I'm a strong person. And I can handle this. And I've had some really shitty, shitty situations where I'm kind of like, wow, what is this? You know what I mean? And that, you know, I think that it's important to set boundaries to know what works for you and what doesn't. And I think even in the shittiest, shittiest, shittiest fucking situations, you have to be thankful for them. Um, not just in real estate, but I think in everything in, in life. Oh, social media we didn't touch on. We could touch on social media. We have two minutes to talk about that. Yeah, we got two minutes so to I was talk just going to say media. that in the beginning, it's funny because Catherine would always, so my daughter has an Instagram account um, and I've helped her grow that over the years. I mean, she manages it herself and now that she's a big girl and everything, you know, um, but she still does ask me for my opinion. And every time there's a sponsorship and stuff, we review it together. So I'm, I'm no stranger to the, you know, social media landscape and growing it that way. Um, but when it came time to um, talking about myself it's felt so extra personal and so scary to me that in the beginning I was like, well, if I'm going to make it, I have to just put myself out there and fucking just go for it, right? I have to just go for it. And so I did. I was posting everything and I'm walking and I'm talking and I'm this and I'm that. And Catherine was so proud of me. And every time we had like our masterminds or our Slavens meetings, she'd be like using me as like her, you know, golden child. Your her, guinea pig. Like this is like the- Not yeah. guinea pig, like golden child. Like this is a the example child. of what you, yeah, like guinea pig would be like a trial type yeah, of situation. Yeah, well, I don't know if you said that she was trying to get you to- no, to push she, stuff out there. Yeah, no, no. But like she was showing everyone like this is what you need to be pushing out. This is what you need to be doing. And my feedback was beautiful and everyone loved what I was doing. And then suddenly, I don't know what happened to me. It was at the time with when there was a lot of um, anti-Jewish comments and things like that. And I was starting to get some of that because my account is public. Mm -hmm. um, and I started to feel like what's the Yiddish word of Nehora? Like where it's like evil eye on you. And I started to feel like I shouldn't be putting everything out there, you know? And my life is private. And people think that what you put out is the sum total of what you're doing. They don't think it's like a curated sample of what's really going on in your life. Like, even if you're following me now on Instagram, you think that you know everything, but you know nothing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I want you to know, if that makes any sense, right? What's really going on in my life and what's really happening, only my closest friends know, as it should be, right? right. But it just felt like this very vulnerable space where it almost felt too much. And I was getting teased at home. And that was really hard for me, you know, and I started to feel like even posting my real estate transactions felt like braggy and weird and a bit of an evil eye. And I started realizing that actually the business I was getting were all from referrals and they weren't really coming from Instagram. So why the fuck was I putting myself out in such a vulnerable state when it wasn't really helping my business at all? You know what I mean? There was no, no reason for it. So I literally stopped posting and I went dry. Like, I mean, dry. And it became this, like, anxiety that I got where I I couldn't even post. I would, like, when I, be, when I were to post something in a story, my hands were shaking. It literally became, like, this this fear, which is which is weird for someone that started off as, yeah, as, yeah. as the poster child. When you started. The pendulum swung the other way for me. Yeah. And it just became so personal and so much, I couldn't do it. I literally couldn't bring myself to do it. And I started to feel like privacy is power. And... I don't need people to know what the fuck I'm doing, what makeup I'm wearing, where I'm eating, where I'm traveling, where I'm, my business is my own, you know, my real estate business, what I'm selling. I don't need people to be like, oh, she's doing, look how well you see, oh, she's taking out. I felt like people just genuinely weren't happy for other people. That was sort of how I felt. Um, and then 
Ah, I don't know. I was kind of like, at the end of the day, actually, my sister said something really great to me. Shout out to my sister. She was like, you have to start posting on Instagram because people are going to wonder if you're okay, you know? And she's like, and I'm like, it just seems so personal. She's like, well, what are you going to do? Take an ad in the yellow pages? Yeah. You're, you, the the thing about, like, so, it's just being selective of putting yeah. stuff out there that's meaningful, that's but like she good said for that and, and it's stuck. Like I never forgot it because it's true. And I was like, shit, you know what? Fuck him. That's where I became with this like unapologetic thing. You like me, you don't. And you know what I actually realized? If you don't like my brand or my flavor or my essence or my comments or Unfollow my you. awful humor, uh, you know, yeah. you're not going to probably want to work with me either. No, exactly. That's the truth, right? Yeah. And as again, as I said, you, you're not going to please everybody, right? We're not pizza. And even pizza doesn't please everybody anymore, right? So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going for it. And I, I remember having so many conversations with Darren about it being like, it's become such a fear. He's like, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it, you know? And then it was funny. My following started to increase again. Right? It started, the numbers started to go up again. And I said to Reese, I was like, oh my God, like people actually like, it's like, you know, I was shocked that people actually liked what I was putting out. And Reese said to me, um, which is another great thing that I'll never forget. She goes, there's always going to be another fellow like you. And so that that resonated, you know, extra hard for me because that then goes back to the fact that your brand and what you're putting out and your flavor, right? If someone likes it, they're going to want to work with you. And if you've put them off on Instagram because for whatever reason you you remind them of something, fuck them. You don't need them. There's going to be other people that are going to want to work with you and want to recommend you and appreciate you for you, right? So... I think so what, what's your key to Instagram <laughs> success and now, and now you wouldn't know if key? you follow me because yeah. now I'm posting everything yeah. so it's like it's like telling me I can't spend a lot on clothes it's like either you tell me I'm on a spending freeze or I can buy what I want like I have a hard time with you know easy so okay so I would say that it would be uh just going for it and it's again it's literally what darren would say is you just got to go for it and he's like it's fun i'm like it doesn't feel fun to me it feels awful and it feels scary and it feels judgy and it feels awful like it felt awful and i just kind of got away from that feeling and i'm like again i have two choices right it's like when i when i joined slavin so when i joined um it was just before the, the christmas party and so um was it the Christmas party? Yeah, I think so, actually. Um, and then they were doing the awards. And so I saw there was Rookie of the Year Award, right? And I was like, oh, what's this award? And they gave it to uh, was Rachel that year. And I was like, I'm going to win this award. for This is going to be me next year, right? And there was no qualms. There was no hesitation. There was no, like, maybe somebody else will get it. In my mind, I'm like, this is the award. I'm going to be the best fucking realtor and grow my business is such a – uh, capacity that this is going to be mine. That's you know? exactly where, where I'm at right now. Yeah, right? Like, so no I'm, I'm not an award. Like, no I'm depth. not like a an award person like that. But yeah. <clears throat> but I, I get up every day and Good. and it's it's on the wall there. And I go up to heat up my lunch. Like yeah. on the way back, I don't know. There's something that's like <laughs> attracting me to it. Where yeah. I like I'm looking at that room. Like yeah. I am going to win Rookie of the Year. And yeah. like I'm working as hard yeah. as I can yeah. to get that. Point. You're gonna get it. I had no doubts. Like no doubts, literally none. And you know what? I think it's funny because if I have doubts, well, who the fuck's going to want to work with me? If I have doubts in my own ability or what I think I can do, I have no business buying or selling or representing you in real estate. Yeah. Literally, that's what it comes down to, you know? And so with your noble attitude, I can definitely see you are going to be on uh, on that board. Good. Well, Did they spell you. my name right? It. Yeah, they spell I never checked right. the actual, yeah. where is it? By the boardroom, right? Yeah. Right, okay, I'm going to have to take a look at the actual uh, wall. But you can do it. And I, yeah, there's no reason the why thing. you can't. Look at it that way. It's either you or someone else. Why shouldn't it be you? 
You earn it. You don't. You know it. You live it. You breathe it. You love it. You feel it. This is. It should be for you. I feel like if you can't visualize yourself in, in a place or a space or a, a moment in time, in you know um, whether it's a position professionally, personally, you shouldn't be in it. It shouldn't be for you. You should not just only visualize yourself there. You should feel it and you should know it. Like you should just know it. Yeah, and I feel like sure. you do. I think that's great. You know, I think there should be nothing apologetic about it. So I guess that's what it is. I think when you start to listen to too much noise around you, I think you can get caught up in that and it starts to breed insecurities that maybe weren't even ever there. And that's scary. It's scary that we have we have a landscape in social media that exists that can not just for you and I, like we are fully formed adults, right? Imagine the impact that it has on um on the young kids in their formative years, oh, looking it's crazy. and comparing, you know, their looks, their body, what other people's lives, what are they're doing? Like, imagine us as fully formed, capable, functioning, highly functioning adults, right? And still having it affect us, right? Imagine if you don't have all that wherewithal. Imagine if you don't have that foresight or that maturity or that knowledge or that ability to recognize what is like an innate fear or what is something that's actually now turning into your psyche and making you who you are because it's bred insecurities that you wouldn't have already had. That's scary. It is, yeah, and that, that's what it's social scary. media has been, right? Right, and that's like you know, I think the the most humbling thing that you can do is just you know either take a take a break for a little bit, yeah, but also speak to your friends, speak to your family, and you know make sure that they're supporting you as much as possible, yeah, and you know having and being friends with people who want to support you and don't yeah. care about you know how you look, what you're doing. You know, who you're with. You should never be with someone who cares about how you look or what you're doing. They should love you for you, honestly, yeah. no matter what. But I but I but I do think that there's something to be said for you know, um appreciating the fact that people do have challenges with posting and putting themselves out there. It is a real fear. And you would never know it again. As I say, from looking at my feed, you would have from zero, anybody. zero, zero idea, especially having Reese as my daughter, my dog that has 6,000 followers. You would never think that somebody would suddenly become insecure or become a fear. And it did with me. And you still wouldn't know unless I told you, right? So that's the thing, right? And then I think also when it comes to posting for real estate, you can't just be dry and only post for um, business sake, right? You have to also show the identity of yourself. Like what does Darren always say? Like you're not in the real estate business, you're in the Rochelle business, right? I'm sure he said that too, too, right? Yeah. You're in the he, Ryan he business. He said it on, on the podcast. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah right. So. so, And his little nuggets are so great. Like I, they're like earworms and they resonate with me, right? And so what does that mean? It's the Rochelle business. Like what, oh my God. Then you're like, wow, like that's like a, like a juggernaut of like, you feel like you're being strangled. Like, oh God, that's so much pressure now. You know, what does that mean? What's my no, flavor? What's my brand? And then yeah. instead of looking at it from the holy shit perspective and looking at it as how am I going to leverage this and harness this and make it my own that people are going to want to gravitate to me toward you know in a professional manner but also in a personal manner right like so I think one thing maybe we're Pisces and you know we have that in common but I think we wear our heart on our sleeves so I think you and I are different than other agents where some things might bother us more or take us longer to get over or be more of an emotional stumbling block and make you question things every day yeah. am I right yeah no absolutely some people have Teflon and they can just like they have like a fuck that attitude and it rolls off. And I think that's great. I do try and aspire to be like that every day. It's not an easy thing. I struggle with it every day. But flip it on its head and be like, okay, that's actually what makes me a kick-ass fucking agent, right? I give a shit. My clients know I give a shit and I know I give a shit. Exactly. If you just let it roll off like that and things didn't bother you and things didn't get in the way, 
what good are you? Honestly, you could have like a monkey go ahead and just have an AI bot that goes and does your real estate. They're looking for the that that compassion. They're looking for that person that cares. And, you know, to give it all with your heart, you're going to get it back. I know you will, right? And so to to feel hurt in transactions, another really good piece of advice that I got that I never forgot, there was this one situation where this lady came to me from a lease um, that I had listed for a client of mine. So I was representing the client. I was trying to find her a tenant. She came in off the street, like off realtor, showed her the place. She loved it. She put an offer in. And then she um, backed out after she signed it and everything because her boyfriend asked her to move in with her. So I felt bad for her and I felt for her situation and I was happy for her that she found love and everything else, you know. And so I was able to actually get her out of the deal. My client was kind and considerate and ended up sliding in a much better person for the place anyway. So everything worked out. But she wanted me to then rent her place that she actually owned. She was going to rent this place because it had more space than the place she owned because she wasn't willing to give it up because she was going to go move in with the boyfriend. She wanted to still keep her house just in case it didn't work out. And I ended up losing the deal to another agent at a different brokerage because he like sweet talked her and basically said to her he's only going to charge her half a month commission um, and that I was going to charge a full month or something like that and I was charging double. But really, everyone charges one month. It's industry standard. It's half, for people that don't know, it's one month total commission for a rental. So half goes to the listing agent, the other half goes to the cooperating agent. If you double end it, you get both, right? Um, but usually you don't double end it and it's, that's a whole other separate conversation. But he billed it as he only takes half. But he didn't properly explain it to her. So she actually called me and she was like, sorry, you actually charged double the industry standard from what I was told by the other agent. And I'm and I, I'm, I'm disgusted that that's what you would charge me. And I was like, he's charging you, you one month. Yeah. It's the same math. It's, the it's same one thing. month. It's he split. just twisted I the take words. Ha- yeah. Right. Okay. So, which is sneaky. And actually, it's funny because I don't normally ever come up against that kind of thing. Right. Normally, I find all the agents, one has been nicer than the next. One has been more professional than the next. And we're a very harmonious um, industry, you need to be, yeah. which is different than advertising, because in advertising, you go into a presentation and everyone's boards are like pressed against their their chairs and everything is very secretive and everything is okay. In real estate, when you when you don't have the camaraderie of your network, which is comprised mainly of agents, of course, of clients, you get nowhere, right? Yeah. Off market deals, all those things. We need each other. It's extremely symbiotic, right? Um, so that's one of the only weird stories that I had where I was kind of fucked over by another agent. Aside from that, fine. Whatever, you're you're good. <laughs> you're, you're, you're fine. You're, no, you're I'm doing just saying well. like you wanted a story of that. Like that's something that's, you know, but someone said to me, unless you're getting fucked over or burned, means you're not in the game, right? Right. So look at it that way. So when things happen and shit goes south and you don't know what to do, look at it from the positive and say, okay, well, at least I'm in the game. You know what? I'm getting hurt and I'm going to find another deal and another client and just things are going to happen. It's just a roadblock. And if I wasn't feeling hurt, I mean, it means I'm not doing business and I'm not busy. And I'm not in the game. Yeah. So this is the game. Good. Well, anyway, Rochelle, thank you so much. No, we're we're uh, out of time. Just at we're we're Sorry. out of time now. No, but I, I really appreciate it. There's a, a lot of really good insight. Okay, good. In there I'm glad. And, uh, I'm glad I could no, help. No, thank you for coming on. Of course, I, you know, it, was a, it was a great. Of course, chat. Ollie says thank you too. And thanks for Ollie for being uh, <laughs> yeah, a great companion here. Yeah, hopefully some of that insight helped. And... Yeah, no, it was good, and it not even for me, but for anyone yeah. listening right now is yeah. You know, I feel could be like some good motivation. I feel like although I'm not new to business. Clearly, um, you know, I feel like my relative newness to real estate really helps a lot of newer agents, right? Because there's things that I've seen that I've really been able to help other people with. Yeah. And actually, when I started, when I started going through all this stuff, I wanted to start a, uh, a support group called Wine and Wine. Okay. Like W-H-I-N-E and 
yeah, w- yeah, I-N-E, because yeah. I'm yeah. so, you know, smart like that. And yeah, anyway, <laughs> play on words. But anyway, um, I still think it's something maybe we should talk to Darren about for Slavens and do sure. do a wine and wine because I think that, you know, like, do you follow on Instagram, like actually agents and all of those guys? Some, yeah. So don't you find when you see those memes and like you relate, you're like, shit, so that's not just me. Like there's, there's uh, like, all the time. there's comfort in knowing other people's pain, right? Yeah. What's that word? Schadenfreude? Like you don't take pleasure in other people's pain, which is actually, I think what Schadenfreude definition is, but yeah. it's nice to know other people have been in the trenches with you. Are doing the same you. thing as you. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll see that all the time. I'll see something on there that's like, right? know, wow, like I didn't realize other people have the same thing. So. Right. So I think things like that are so important. So, you know. I think at Slavens, we do a good job of supporting one another and making sure we, you know, don't want to kill ourselves at the end of the day. So yeah. That's good. Well, anyway, where, uh, where, can, people, where can people find you uh, online? Online? Yeah. Rochelle Levy underscore real estate, which I know is very unique and just groundbreaking in terms of a handle. But yeah, that's where I'm at now. Rochelle Levy underscore real estate. Um, and I actually hired uh, an incredible marketing person who's been my wing woman. Um, and actually, she gave me a lot of the wind under my sails and the confidence to post what I'm posting. Because actually having somebody look at what I'm doing and going, this is good, keep going, or less of that, for me, has been a beautiful litmus. And honestly, her voice and what she thinks has really meant a lot to me. And I suddenly, I suddenly don't feel so alone. That's great. So she's uh, going to be developing my other channels like YouTube we're going to be starting. Um, I don't even have a snapchat account so people don't have to be able to do snapchat anymore it's not no not that. snapchat what the hell tiktok, TikTok. <laughs> that's what it is tiktok <laughs> tiktok i don't have a tiktok yeah. account sorry so i need you'll, to start doing tiktoks one. i do reels but i don't do tiktoks and she's like we gotta get you on tiktok you we just post get... the reels on basically TikTok, i only yeah. do instagram oh and okay. linkedin for business but i don't even populate my linkedin she's like we gotta get your linkedin so she thank god for her she's actually gonna now be helping me it was. It's a lot to balance all of that with all of the work. There's only so many hours in the day. So I'm really, I feel so honored to be working with her. Um, she's been a total godsend for me. And um, so I'll be able to update with more channels and ways to reach out to me. But Ring Row is my big thing. Ring with my Row. phone number, Ring Row. I put that on all my stuff. And I started that from day one. So it's good. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Well, anyway, thanks so much. Thanks and, for having uh, me, honestly course, and truly. Anytime. And, and uh Sorry, we went over, but no, hopefully no, there's some good. good shit here to work there with. Will be. And, uh, so yeah, we'll uh, yeah. we'll see everyone next week. Perfect. All right, take care. Bye.